Hey there, everybody. What's up? Welcome to the Caravan Central official podcast number 202 for Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B coming to you from New Jersey. What's happening? Yes, sir. We were off for three weeks. Yeah. And we're back now. We're live. Yeah, kind of. I mean, there was stuff that I did, so we, we could talk about that. Uh, but if you're coming in here it's, uh, live, come on in and say hello. We are broadcast, broadcasting live through video on the Cover Band Central Facebook page, in the Cover Band Central Facebook group, and on the Cover Band Central YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. The link is in the description. Hit subscribe, hit the bell, so you know when we're going live. And you can chime in on stuff and check out our previous That's a lot of things. places to find us, Steve. That's pretty good coverage. You could it's like everywhere, in. yeah. But if you're in here live, come on in and say hello and tell us where you're from, and we will say hello back. Indeed, we will. Um, not a big audience yet. It's weird. Sometimes this live stream thing. There you go. Give them a couple minutes. Um, they'll start rallying. I mean, the live stream should with 725,000 followers on the page. There should be like hundreds. There should of be at least 720,000 people on the podcast. Right. I understand if 5,000 people have something to do. Look, George is here. George is here. He says good evening. Good evening, George. Yes, George, what's thanks, happening? Thanks for chiming in. George comes here often. Um, but anyway, you can watch the replay as well too, or listen to the audio podcast on Megaphone Op- or on your. Or on your favorite podcast network. The link for the megaphone thing is in the description as well. You can click that and check out our previous audio podcast, all 201 of them. Yeah, 201 That's... hours to go back and investigate. Yeah, or just pick one of your favorite yeah. topics. Pick a number between we do... 1 and 201. Yeah, we do have a topic today we will get to in a little bit. Mm. Um, it's As always, it's related to what's going on in my musical life. I try to pick things that are relevant to uh, current events, so we'll get to that in a bit. But that are also relatable, up. Steve. Don't forget that it's not just about you. Yes, it's about relating to everybody. It's a party, George yes, says. It sure is, George. Welcome, in, welcome in, George. The water's warm. Come on in. Uh, about three weeks off, so we have stuff to catch up on. Last week, I went to a concert on Tuesday. That's why we were not mm. here. And then I ended up playing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So five days in a row of gigging last week. Fun to be a spectator, Greg, though, isn't it? Greg says hello. Yes. I went to see Tori Amos, who is one of my absolute favorite uh, recording artists and certainly my favorite female recording artist. I've seen her five or six times, and uh, she is just phenomenal on a, on a whole other level, way beyond anything I do or will ever do. Um, you know, she's just, uh, uh, her voice is just magnificent. Her piano playing is superior. Super uh, she has, yeah, um, and uh, an extensive catalog. And her band was just two people. She have she has uh, uh, John Evans playing bass. He's been with her for a long time, and he is also the musical director for the band. Um, but he plays... I mean, he play, on stage he plays bass, but he's got a lot of stuff that he does with that bass. He plays upright and electric bass. Cool. Um, but he makes a lot of sounds with that, not just typical bass sounds. Uh, and then Ash, I forget his last name, uh, the drummer. Do you know a drummer named Ash? Not offhand, no. Um, also a great musician uh the tori's music is very unconventional it's not standard four four songs they're they're meter changes dynamic changes in just about every song so he wasn't playing just two four drums Mm. he was playing a lot of cool music yeah on his drums um i was mesmerized by watching him and just watching the whole thing it was at the Mahalia Jackson Theater here in New Orleans, which is probably two or 3,000 seats. Uh, I wouldn't think too much more than that. Um, so a, a relatively small venue. Uh, no screens, no nothing. Beautiful, incredible light show, though, that, that encompassed the entire stage, you know, the floor. So I had nosebleed seats, but was it, there wasn't a bad seat in that place. And, and how was the sound? 
the sound was just spectacular. It was it was just clear as a bell, perfect volume. Uh, it's just beautiful overall sound in the theater. It's a theater, you know. It was designed really probably originally for for plays and not not like uh, amplified performances. Um, so it's it's very acoustically well designed for for the way the sound travels. Yeah, and you were saying Ash, you were mesmerized by the drummer. Was he playing? Ash Sohn is his name, George said. Thank you, George. And was he, um, uh, Was he? like I said, he was playing a lot of rhythmic beats. You know, drums are such a primal instrument, right, that the energy of the drummer really does dictate the, the whole experience. Uh, yeah, a lot of different rhythms, so a lot of different, and, and a lot of color. You know, really, just kind of percussive color. Mm. It wasn't like yeah, like you said, you know, the snare on the two and the four. Yeah. It's 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 sometimes you know no snare in the entire song, and he's just playing just beautiful music. You know, he's playing real music on the drums. He's not just playing. He's not hitting. You know, just playing beats. Uh, and, and he had this thing, which is probably common to you, but I've never seen it before. Or maybe I have, I just didn't remember, but a stick that had like a regular drumstick on one side and then a mallet on the other sure. side. And he would, you know, he would, there was one song in particular, I was just watching him and he kept kind of flipping it around and using the mallet for this part and then flipping it back to the stick for this part. And I was really trying to differentiate, like, what 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 is it about using the mallet there and the stick there that makes the difference? And it, it was hard for me to tell, mm. but I'm sure there's the subtle nuances that, that happen with, with Percussion. Yeah, Bozio was the first guy I saw that had did that, and when we I'd seen him, he had tied, he had made his own mallets out of sticks. You know, he just put on the ends. He had fastened like, uh, at the time they were like felt strips, more or less, like taped on. And then when he was with um, Vic Firth, he had a stick that was actually made. It was a Terry Bozio Phase One stick, and it was exactly that. It was a stick, and then you flipped it around, and it had mallet ends on it. I have a couple of pairs of those. They're they're very cool. They definitely work. Um, in that type of environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool to watch and, and to listen to. Uh, you know, not an incredibly big kit, but but elaborate enough where he had different options. A lot of colors. For, color for percussion. Right. Yeah, really, really just fantastic. You know what you know, I really enjoy about what you said, how he was making such great music on the drums you know we forget as drummers that we are musicians you know and we're not just rhythmic beasts right we do have that ability to color and really texture and add some beautiful elements to that and you know it strikes me that you know as all musicians we're creating memories right for all those people there including yourself right so it, that's what it, the spirit of that of the music is it's not really about like, you know, what we do as a cover band is you're there and you're performing in front of people and you have certain genres of music. That's like raw, creative, elemental, you know, you're taking on a whole journey of your senses and it's, it's, it's just a beautiful experience to remember in your life, you know, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, they just did an amazing job at putting on a show. Uh, about an hour and a half, I would say. I think it was like 13 or 14 songs. Uh, and uh, just, yeah, just uh, I don't get to go see shows all that much. But when I get to go see one on that level of professionalism, it is a, a real treat. Because, uh, again, way beyond anything that I do or will do. Mm. Um, just just. That's I mean, it's uh, an experience, right? It's a musical experience. Yeah. And I just I absolutely love Tori. And she's just she's on a way other crazy level that is just uh, it's hard to even grasp how amazing it is her her songwriting her just and how awesome that they, they deliver it with a three-piece band her and two yeah two helpers three-piece band beautiful uh again light show that the lights were covered like the, the the floor of the stage too so from my vantage point i could see kind of the entire light show experience which is really cool yeah uh, and there's a couple songs where she played by herself too, mm. so the band, you know, band takes off and and she just does her thing, um, which is what she's done. She's you know she's toured before just by herself. Yeah, and uh, and I've seen her like that before too. And she's you know fine. She played with uh, you know Matt Chamberlain. Yeah, sure. Matt Chamberlain was her one of her drummers that I saw 
uh, her with, and he was just, he was great, man. I really liked Oh, yeah, him. he's got great energy, man. He always drives the band, you know, no, ma- I, no matter what the situation is. Yeah, I saw this show in New York City in Manhattan, It was, and it was a TV show. It was uh, something 54th, live from 54th studio, something like that. Right. Um, and it was hosted by David Byrne from Talking Heads. And but I didn't see him. He just like for the TV show, he just introduces it and whatever. Um, but I went with my friend Janet, my late friend Janet, who was the singer of, uh, of one of the bands I was in, Little Sister, and uh, just the two of us. And we got really good seats at very small, you know, like a TV kind of studio. So like 200 people, maybe at the most. Mm. Um, and we had nice like second row seats and out right behind Matt. And so I was watching him the whole time, like where I could see his foot, you know, with the kick drum and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it was kind of in the round sort of thing. So I was be- sort of behind him to his right, so I could see his foot on the kick. Those and, gigs and... are great, man. In the round, when you have, when you're surrounded on all sides, it's always fun. Mm. You know, as opposed to just being on a stage front facing. You know. Have you seen the new the Metallica stage for this? Yeah, time? sick. Very that cool. is the craziest thing I've ever seen, but but super cool. It looks like a lot of fun as a player. Yeah, like if you're not, as long as you're not Lars. We're, yeah, where you're stuck. We're, but I did see some videos where they all kind of huddle around him, you know, put yeah. their foot up on the kick drum, and they're all uh, around him, and then they go like they're separate ways, start running around like you know their separate ways. But I think it's cool how everything is black and yellow themed. I thought that was right. cool, like drums, drum heads, guitars, stage, you know, and yeah. I don't know if you saw that too, though, but it's all stadium tours right now. They're overseas, you know, but they're all these right. sold out, like, you know, mega 100,000 plus crowds uh, every show that they're doing. Yeah. You know, and they got, yeah, they're going big. They're going big and they got a lot of good. Op- <laughs> they got five finger death punch, I think, opens up on a, a bunch of tour, uh, dates for them. Uh, Pantera's opening up a couple of dates for them. Yeah, Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff on the schedule, but Pantera was Zach Wild playing yeah, guitar. Yeah, very cool, man. So it's very that's going to be a, a good tour, but it's all overseas right now. I think Zach's really going to do Dime justice. Oh yeah, like he's no, he he's going to really just really embody a Dime as much as he can yeah. for that. That'd be a cool show to see. And they're Metallica's really doing an interesting thing. They're playing two nights in each city and playing a different set. An entirely different set each night, right. so they're not repeating any songs. So if you want to see Enter Sandman, you have to go to both shows to get your <laughs> to the, chance to see it. Yeah, or just wait because they're not going to play it twice. Which is which is a really cool idea. I think they're it's smart the idea with the and and the the you know the grandness of of that stage. It's, it looks like it's so much fun to just because they're in ears. You know, there's no stage monitors Nothing. anymore. Yep. In ear technology has come a long, long way. Wireless, and so they can just roam about anywhere and hear everything perfect. Yeah, it's very cool. It was never like that in in the past. Leo's here. What's up, Leo? He said, uh, listening to from Minnesota while doing his daily bike ride. Yeah, and you're welcome. Right. He said, thanks for it's a miles Leo. Yeah. But yeah, no. It's but anyway, so that was. I'm glad to see that they're back out with such success, you know, that they're actually putting that many people still oh, yeah. selling out stadiums. Like, they will yeah. for as long as they can play. Yeah, but I mean, but the gen- that generation. I guess what I'm saying is that I'm glad they're delivering the goods, right? From what I saw from video, it looked like they were not, you know, when bands get past their prime and they're trying to still do it and it's just not quite there. You know what I mean? Like, they're still doing it. Yeah. You know why, Tony? Because they continue to work on their craft. As do all great musicians, Steve. Just like Foo, right? Foo's still going strong, despite all the challenges they have, but they're constantly improving. Right. And, I I mean, that's the topic for today is about working on your craft, but I'll I'll give you a little bit of background. Again, relating it to what I'm doing and stuff. So I'm playing, for those who don't know, I play on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, uh, basically full-time. I was playing with two different bands since October uh, six gigs a week uh, in three days. So doing doubles Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and two different bands up until a few weeks ago. Um, now I switched it and I'm with the same band but still doing essentially the same schedule, two doubles. Um, and uh, it's a lot. 
and it's very hot right now here in New Orleans. Um, we all have our little personal fans now on stage, which is fun. We like little, tiny, you know, spin spinning fans. Number one fan. Yeah, I've had them my um, whole life. Yeah, which really helps because there's air conditioning in the club, but the doors are open. Anyway, uh, I wonder why that is, Steve. Why do you think that? If you ask any drummer, almost ninety percent will say yes. I have a fan. And uh, yeah. yet, guys on the front line do not have fans, and might suffer. Not that you're sweating. Like I don't, I don't really perspire at all when I play. You know, because I'm just not under hot lights anymore. Everything's LED, right? So you're not burning under, you know, par cans. And you know, like I said, I've been doing this long enough where, because I've practiced a lot, Steve, my technique is to the point where it's not an effort to play. So I'm letting the sticks do all the work. So I think fan is because there to blow on my face and let my hair blow in the wind and feel like I'm outside, <laughs> you know, like in a commercial. That's all. It doesn't really do much other than that. Uh, I think because drummers are stationary, essentially, that they're more likely to have a fan. Plus, drummers typically work harder physically than any other, any other person on stage. Mm. So, True that. you know, in, in, in hot weather, you need to stay cool. Um, or just you want to stay cool, or 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 for some drummers it is that you know that it looks cool with the hair blowing back and and whatever I've seen that too. Um, you need a pretty big fan for that though, not a little one. Yeah, but in my case, it, um, you know, the stage is tight, so we're we're essentially kind of stationary too, so we can set up the fans, and uh, and they'll hit us. Um, so you have little that, misters but, uh, on your fans, where you go. Psh, psh, you no, know, that would be good though. Like they, Little water bottles with the fans on them. That would be good. What? Chuck asked uh, about changes with the motorcycles outside. Kind yeah, of. Good it... question. Good question. Yeah. Glad he brought that up. Almost forgot about that from a couple. Yeah, of and yeah. Ago. To 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 recap for people who don't know. Yeah, quick recap. Again, on Bourbon Street um, is where I'm playing, and lately there's been just kind of a line of motorcycles that line up right outside of our club. And they blast music, and they uh, uh, some of the motorcycles are are running. So, so the exhaust, and they're facing the back is the the bike is facing towards our window. We're at the front of the uh, club, and the window is open, and their exhaust fumes just pumping into the club. Asphyxiation breakdown. Yeah. Um. So they've been around, but it hasn't been as bad. You know, they, they haven't been hanging around as long, I guess. Uh, but they're still around. So so minor changes, Chuck, with that. And Steve never got any insight as to why they're camped out only in front of no, the club that no. you guys play at and they're only trying to asphyxiate you guys by pumping exhaust through the windows? I guess. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to confront any of those you people. Just go outside and be like, yo, move along now. Yo. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to work here. Just, Keep it down. Pee Wee Herman just kicked the first bike like dominoes and just blow all the rest of the bikes down. That's right. And you'll be knocked down just like your bikes if you don't get out of here in five seconds. I'll stand here and wait for you to pick your shit up, and you can get out of here. One at a time, or I'll take you all at once, however you want to do it. That would likely get me killed. No, then you just turn around and walk back in the club. Still likely get me killed. Change, change, uh, or, or, change, or, or, or seriously or injured. On, get right back on stage, put a different shirt on. Put your hair up underneath your hat real quick so you don't you have long hair anymore. No, they, they that would be very irate looking. And you're just like pointing to the back, like, yeah, he went that way, man. He went that way. <laughs> no, that would really be asking for trouble. And uh... dude, you laugh, but I'll tell you, honest to God, quick story. When I was in high school, we went to a hockey game. These guys are standing up in the front row. Some other, you know, bunch of kids are there. Some guy is, you know, with us, a bunch of kids is telling the kid in the front, hey, sit down, you know, and like call them names stuff like that and the guy turns around and there's about 12 kids and he turns around and he says i'm not going to sit down and when the period is up we're going to go outside and i'll teach you all the meaning of the word respect one at a time or all at once however you'd like but i'm not sitting down and he turned around and went back to watching the game so in my mind i'm immediately thinking the guy has to be like bruce lee and he's not letting on because he's way too calm and there's 12 big guys, and he's, you know, completely relaxed. And talking mm. that way. 
So period's over. Dude goes down, picks up his coat, turns around. He goes, all right, let's go, boys. Time to go. Let's go outside. Let's run your mouth outside. Goes outside, says, come on, let's go. Follow me. Get outside in the parking lot. Same thing. Dude takes his jacket off, puts the thing down. He's like, I don't know which one of you guys has the big mouth or if you all have big mouth. He's like, but I'll, I'll knock out, you know, any one of you guys wants to come at me. Like, who wants to go first? Dude, two guys come at him. It's like spinning back kicks, fists flying, guys laid out all over the place. It's like there's six guys on the ground within like, you know, 15 seconds. Wow. Oh, yeah. Guy lands on his feet. He's just like, you know, it's getting warmed up. Let's go, man. Now the other guys are like, no, we're good, man. He's like, no, you, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, you were good, but since you ran your mouth and now we're outside, he's like, you're you're all getting a beating. He's like, there's no escaping now. You know, you're not tough anymore because I just laid all your friends out. He's like, so now we're gonna go at it. So he either come at me all together or one at a time. And if not, I'm just gonna beat you down. So like, wow. the kid tried to defend himself. He just knocked the other kids down. We were smart enough to where this was all going on. We just kind of drifted away and watched it. Like we weren't getting involved with that. Right. I never, yeah, never forget that. Went back inside, sat down. Dude came back in, like drinking a soda, <laughs> like just like, yeah, like nothing had happened. <laughs> Laid out a bunch of dudes, you know, broken noses. It's great. It's fun to watch. That's some serious confidence right there. Yeah, well, he in, definitely, in he definitely had the ability to back it up. It was also, yeah. you know, thirty-five years ago when people weren't carrying handguns and all kinds of weapons. Right. Where you know, someone's gonna pull out a gun and shoot somebody. Like you know, you're ready out there. You got a fist fight. You got your ass kicked. And you went home. Yeah, and smartphones. Yeah, no phones have, either. So. No, no videos of that, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, classic. Well, Chad says good evening. Good evening, Chad. Thanks Chad. for joining us. Appreciate you being so here. Steve, much um, like practice, that individual spent a lot of time honing his craft. Yeah, working on his craft. And you and I talk about that a lot. We use that word craft. And I, I want to really kind of define what that means. But I, I, I'm going to tell you why I came up with that topic. And again, you know, uh, maybe to my uh, detriment, I keep it real here and talk about stuff that's going on in my life. Um, I play, again, uh, at one club now six shows a, a week uh, in three days essentially with the same band there's different people but the same drummer at least for the kind of the most part um, different kind of singers it, it gets a little mixed up but um, same core guys yeah but but different singers and and what makes it challenging working with different singers is different singers know different songs and i i'm the one basically again calling the show for the most part for both for all of the shows for all six shows and it's different singers so i have to call a show based on what the singers know um you know and singers will learn new songs too you know they're, they're, they'll do that but well, they'll provide is, you with lists of songs that they know yeah, and I have their lists, and I have them all organized alphabetically, and I have them all with me all the time. Um, I use the tip apps too, and right I have. To, uh, well, they're on my computer. Okay. And they're in my notebook. I just thought maybe you had like a cord you pulled out of your pocket, like an index cord, and you're just like, Susie. Okay, here's her twenty-five songs. What else you want? No. No. Okay. Sorry. No, I have them, I, and, and just like a, a notebook, and and I keep it on a music stand low, so nobody can really see it. Um, and be like, <laughs> that guy has a music stand, yeah, and he's right. wearing sandals and cargo shorts. Oh, my. I considered wearing cargo shorts this weekend, this past weekend, because yeah. it's so hot. Go for it. And I, 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 I considered it, but then I was like, no, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. Because it does look like, you know, you're sitting around at the beach or whatever. I mean, it's not you're not on stage. Good times right there. Yeah. Um, put a lot of stuff so in the anyway, though, Steve, you could put your your singers' set lists and the songs that they know in the pockets of the cargo pants. You could put <laughs> a beverage in the a pocket. You could put a pocket. Oh pan. yeah. I mean, you better re, you might want to rethink this whole thing. The, the stigma of cargo shorts may be unwelcomed, but it, it's real and they're beneficial. You might want to rethink your strategy. I might. I might. It is hot. It is summer, so I might. You know, definitely not in the fall or winter. I wouldn't do. What that, about speedos? You think any summer. of the guys would wear speedos on stage? I think there's one that would possibly do it, but I think it's a that's an incredibly bad idea. I'm just thinking for tips, that. generate tips. Yeah, I don't know hey, if that would do it. <laughs> you know, put a hundred bucks in the Venmo app. 
thousand bucks. There you go, Steven Speedo. I don't know if the Speedo would do it. It might scare people away. It's okay. You still uh, got but, paid. So anyway, the challenge is calling the show with different singers, and in order, to, and the the singers, a couple of singers we're working with are relatively new to us, so we have to adjust to them and and know the songs that they know, and one of them is uh, has you know three times as many songs as we actually know that they know. Okay. So we got to catch up to them. You know, it's not they come in, they learn our shit. They got, we got to, we got to catch up to them. So it's, it's incumbent upon the band members to work on their craft and learn songs. That is a, that is a, to me, number one fundamental part of playing in a cover band is learning and knowing songs. Number one, there's nothing ahead of that. Because I've gotten work, Tony, constantly one of the main reasons i've gotten work constantly is because i know a lot of songs mm. i you know you go in and, and especially if you're subbing and you go in and play a sub gig and they say do you know this and you say yes do you know this and you say yes you're going to get hired back and that's the thing that they're going to they're going to tell other people about oh yeah he came in and he knew every song and played it well play it well you don't have to play it the best Play it well. Play it right. That's the key. Play it right. Like, play the version. Because, like you said, typically when you're doing that kind of thing, what you're working out with the band is intros and endings, right? How you get in and out of the songs. As long as you play between point A and point B accurately, right? That's, yeah. that's what's important. Yeah. I'm putting up our names here because I didn't do that before. Um but uh, we'll talk more about this. Uh, I'm going to take a break for the audio podcast, but we'll keep talking about this when we get back. Um, so now I have to call a show with newer songs with these people, with these singers, and I'm being basically kind of handcuffed because some of the band members are not working on their craft. They're not learning the songs. They're not even trying to learn the songs. They're not like, oh, I listened to it a bunch of times and yeah, I can't really remember that intro. Where does it come in? It's uh, songs that we've played now at least a half a dozen times, if not more. And then people in the band looking at me saying, how does that go? How does that start? No, 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 no. That is not acceptable to me. Mm. You're getting paid to do a job and that is part of your job. I do a shit ton of work for this band, Tony. Like I, like I don't just show up and play bass and sing backups and that's it. I work on the the, the song list for all the different singers. I work put them in the tip apps with different configurations, which is a lot of work. I, you know, I, I I show up to the gig. I call the show. I I I monitor the tips. You know, hang up the signs. I don't just go, co- and I learn the songs. I work on my craft. I make sure I know the material. And I am at my wit's end, man. I don't really know what to do because I can't make somebody work on their craft. You know, you have to. So what What would you do in this situation? Like, how do you Inspire everybody somebody? and get guys that want to be do, do what I want. I, yeah, that and that's what a lot of no, people would say. No, but but I am not in a position no, where I, I can fire. Nobody's going to do that because it, it comes down to it. It's like a band is a union, right, of, of however many people are in that band with a common right. goal and perspective that they all want to achieve. Part of the commitment to being in that band is that you have to recognize the value of that band. And it's not something you can just throw away and say, oh, well, I'm going to quit the band because I don't agree with something that you said. It's not something where, okay, we'll just get somebody else. You know what I mean? That may work for this and that. But if you have a core structure of a band, what I would say is, listen, you know, you, be, I'm Steve now, okay? Guys, I do everything that I can with as much time as I have available to make this band better whether that be tip app, whether that be putting the set list together, calling people, getting stuff straight for the gig, all the things that you do, you know, that uh, for the band. Not asking you guys to do all those things and to help me to do them, 
because I'm happy to do them because I'm making the band better. However, what I ask of you is that if we all have a common interest in this and we're all treated equally and we're all splitting the money the same between everybody, tip jar at the end of the night gets split between all of us like that. People, you guys have to put in the effort to learn these songs correctly and not rely on me to tell you where the intro is or when to come in or what the second verse is. Like, have your shit together. And that that's your responsibility. That's what I ask you to bring to the band. And if you are not going to do that, then what you're basically saying is that you don't care about making the band better and you're satisfied with the way it is now. And then that's a different conversation of what direction the band is going in or who's going to be involved in it or what happens after that. But it's a very non-threatening way to be honest and just present it and say, guys, we're all in this together. You know, we can make it better than it is with not a lot of effort. We've already, you know, cumulatively climbed the hill to this point. Now all the improvement is going to be little micro things, but the headroom is infinite, right? The band has no, as long as you guys can play, it can be better. Every gig can get better and better and better and better. So why not put in a little bit of effort to make it the best it can be? Right. And see what the feedback I, is, you know? I Well, I've kind of already said all of that more than once. And and as succinctly and calmly as you did. And, and, and I get yes yeah, to okay, death. So think about this, guys. How frustrating do you think it would be for you guys if I just said to you, I'll do the set list, I'll get all the shit together for the gig, and I'll have it all worked out. And then I show up to the gig with nothing and say... Or I call, you call somebody in the band an hour before the gig and say, sorry, man, I just didn't have time to put it together. You know, we'll have to just figure it out on the fly. If you did right. that day in and day out, how frustrated do you think you guys would be? Probably very, because it would be a shit show. Right. That's how frustrated I am with you guys not being able to do a simple thing like learn songs. So put yourself right. in my position. It's getting yeah. to the point where it's really, it's really friggin' annoying and there's no reason for it. You know, you could be a little more stern with that effect. I didn't know if you're five conversations in or if you're ready to, you know, kick people out of the band conversations in. Yeah, I, and I'm not, a, it's not my band, so I'm not in a position to hire or fire people. But I mean, I agree with what you just said that I need to be that stern, if not a little sterner. And like Brad said, mad as fuck. And I am mad as fuck. Because look, like. Well, what if, like, okay, so you're mad as fuck and they say, hey, dude, listen, it's not your band. We're happy playing the same 150 songs that we already play. That singer only subs with us a couple of times a month. We're not going to learn t 10 or 12 songs just to accommodate her, and no one wants to do it. Then that's a different conversation. Then you say, okay, at least you know where you stand then. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean... The but I'll, I'll just I'll close with this, but it, it shouldn't diminish. In other words... What you bring to the gig, what you bring to the band, and the energy that you bring and the effort that you put in sh is not dependent on anyone else. And I know that because you're like me, right? Like I'll bring – you know you know, you know what I bring to a gig. Everyone says you're, you're, you're stupid for bringing all that stuff. Why are you getting to the gig three hours early to set up all of this stuff, right? Because it makes the show. It makes the band the band. It's identifiable. It's growing the following. These things are contributing to the greatness of what we're building here. I'm not expecting everyone to bring – you should bring four guitars. You should bring two basses. You should be bringing a whole bunch of percussion equipment. You should be bringing the PA. Like I'm not holding anyone else accountable to say, hey, you should be bringing more stuff. But at the same time, if, that, if those guys are not going to bring more stuff or if I said, hey – you really need to bring an, another acoustic guitar for that song in a different tuning just for that one song because it's going to make a big difference. And they say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to say, well, you know what, then I'm not bringing my two toms or my floor toms. I'm just going to bring a kick, a snare, a hat, one rack mounted tom and a cymbal. And uh, if you guys want to play that game, I'll do the same thing and you will see how it sounds. That would be a detriment. Not only to myself, but the yeah. entire band. So it's like, yeah. I'm going to bring what I bring regardless of what you guys do. But Again, I'm just saying that's because you're doing it because you want to do it. And if, and if they said to you, we're not doing that, you would still do the set list and you would still put the show together because you enjoy doing it, even though it is a lot of work. But I get what you're saying. It's like you're asking for a common courtesy to do something and just, you know, meet me halfway with, you know, at least making. Yeah, not and, even and, and, halfway. And you're not even getting that response. But again, you can't. Take five drummers in five years. Two of them are going to be better than all of them, and one of them is going to be way better. It's going to be the guy that practiced and played more and dedicated more time to his craft. 
his craft, his craft, Zen. his craft, your craft, your craft is the instrument that you're playing. You, you study it, you practice it, you learn more about it. You, you, you study other you people that do it. You honor it. You respect it. You care about it. You love it. You, and, and you, sh and that is evident to other people. I mean, w w the excuse I'm getting and I'm getting excuses is, well, I don't have, you know, the, the right equipment at my house to, to work on this. Bullshit. Listen to it in the car. Like whatever, what do whatever it takes. If it's important enough to you, and I, and that's this is what I've heard. I need this job. I need this money. Well, if you fucking need this job and you need this money, then you better do the work. Do the work. You have to. There's no choice. You can't because you're going to lose your job or you're going to lose me. Yeah. Period. Well, the complacency is what does it, Steve. When when you reach a place where they're complacent. It's, you know, it's, it's just good enough and it's easy and, you know, it's, it, that's fine, but it's, it is, well, that's, that but, is but the it's problem. only going to last for a little while before, like you said, something has to happen. In other words, when you're on an upward trajectory and everyone's rowing in the same direction, you're, you're constantly on an upward trajectory. When you're at that status yeah. quo plateau, that's when shit starts to fall apart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because and, and, and that's what's going to happen. And it, it makes me sad, but. But Chuck said, always bring your best. So many band members don't want to put in the time and effort. Yeah. And that's the difference. And it's not difficult. If you've gotten to the level where you can play your instrument with proficiency enough to get out there and play a gig where people are enjoying it and you're making some money, then you absolutely have the ability to improve upon that. And you have to work at it. It's not, it's like any fundamentals. It's like, I'm a big sports fan and you know, like it's baseball season right now and baseball players go out before the game and they take batting practice and then they throw the ball around and pitchers warm up. They practice the fundamental, the essential part of getting that job done. They practice it. And the, the fundamental part of playing in a cover band is learning and knowing songs, period. I don't care. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you know the song, good you're done you won that's it and i know a shit ton of songs and i have a you know i'm fortunate enough to be a bass player so i don't have to know a lot of complex chords or whatever i could just know roots but i do i've studied music you know so i i, I know a little more than i need to as a bass player but uh, but that doesn't matter i mean whatever it is your chosen instrument you need to study you need to practice you need to uh, constantly especially in a cover band you need to learn new songs all the time and yeah, it is very frustrating to me right now because there's, and I'm going to have a talk again tomorrow and, and be more stern like you were just before about it and, and yeah, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, but not like the F you, blah, blah, blah. It, you know, no, 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 of course. The, the level no. of frustration that you've reached just over the fact that. You guys are not willing to put in the time to make the band better. That's very frustrating because it doesn't take yeah. a lot of time to do what you're doing. You're not asking them to go. You got to go take lessons and study and practice, you know, every day to get better because you're not cutting it. Right. It's like it's a more simplistic task than that. Right. I mean, to learn songs. I mean, again, everyone's different. But if you have time, you can listen to them on the way to the gig, to and from the gig. And, and that's it. Week, and, and it's so easy. You probably know the song. Yeah, if you have a phone, set up a playlist on Spotify yeah. or whatever audio streaming program you use. Create a playlist. It's not going to take a long time. Look at the di list. But everyone's different, Steve. I know people that have to physically sit down and practice the songs, whether it be on guitar or piano or bass. They, but it still can't hurt. It's going to get into your subconscious no. if you listen to the song. Understood 100%. Right? Yeah. Um, so, John, like John said, John Paul Gray... Uh, he sets up gigs almost alone sometimes, and the guy who calls it his band doesn't even show up. Doesn't show up until fifteen, twenty, even forty minutes after they're supposed to be on, which is completely unacceptable. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, you can't be late. No. Um, no way. No, that's not going to fly, man. Yeah, George said the difference is to us. This is just a. This is a craft, and to them, it's just a gig. I, I think it goes deeper than that with these guys, but you know, whatever. I think it's complacency uh, of like if you're in a you go to a job and you go to work and you're not challenged and you go to the same job every day, day in and day out. After a while, it becomes like you know Dave Matthews Band, like ants marching, right? 
just becomes part of the routine. It's nothing like exciting about it. There's nothing different about it. There's nothing that's, you know, inspiring you to do anything different, you know? And that's when you got to get out of your comfort zone. You know, as players, mm-hmm. as players, as young players, you know, you're, you're inspired by your teachers and your mentors and, and people that influence you. And, you know, you gain knowledge from, you know, as, as young musicians, you're, you're impacted and your, your perspective is shaped by the people that you, you know, are around, right. That you're fortunate enough to either be friends with or have in the company or be a student of, or even if you're a teacher, you can learn from your students. You know, you can always learn something if you're open to learning, you know, always. Uh, and you'll never be as good as you could be no matter how much you practice, right? But you'll be exponentially better than you are now, depending how much time you dedicate to your craft. But again, it's if people say, I don't have the time, it means they don't want to make the time to do it, right? And if you think back to someone that takes their craft seriously, let's say an Olympic skater or someone that's going to try out for basketball team, you'll see them on the ice at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning before they have to go to school, right? And then again right. at the end of the day before dinner. Because right. that's what it takes to develop your craft. And we've talked to this, I would guess, at least 40 episodes or 50 episodes of <laughs> 200 we've done. We've touched upon this topic about the cumulative effect of that. But now this is a little bit different conversation where it's like, how do you motivate somebody to practice? Or how do you motivate somebody to do something, right? You, they right. got to be engaged. If I told you, Steve, here's this exercise. I need you to practice this. And it's just finger exercise like this. And you really don't want to do it. You're going to go home. You might practice it. You might not. But like the day before the lesson, you're definitely going to pull it out and try to work on it. So I don't know that you did nothing all week, right? When you come back. Right. As opposed to if you said, hey, Steve, this is the finger pattern to, you know, you like Iron Maiden. This is a Steve Harris riff. And if you want to be able to do this, this is the finger pattern you have to practice. Listen to this and work on it. That kid's going to go home, listen to the song, be inspired to learn how to do that because he can't do it that fast yet. But he's going to work on it and he's going to listen to it and he's going to he's going to want to do it. So that's that's the whole key. You have to figure out what the triggers are to make people want to be able to do that. Yeah. And and, and, make them do it. You figure out how to inspire them to be on the same page with you to say, dude, I'm with you, man. Let's do this. Yeah. And that's the best I can do. And Mike really nails it on the head here. He said, they're not going to change. The only thing you can change is you. I've been in these situations and they'll continue status quo and we'll be happy with it. Keep working on your stuff. He said, this is a universal problem. Hobbyists. And that's fine. If, that's where they're satisfied. Keep on keeping on. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. And yeah, but Excellent. but for for these guys, uh, that's what bothers me is is they're friends of mine. So I get um, there's an emotional connection, and th- that I know they need this job. I know they need this money, and I know that they can do it if they just put the effort in. And they're not doing it, and it's just heartbreaking to me. It's it's I it's like because I I left the other job that I left for for this band, for these people. I did it for them. Well, you should, I didn't want to leave that understand job. that, too. And say, I, 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 I already you know, said I it, but I'll have to... Band, and now this is how you're treating me? I'll have to repeat it. Yeah, I already said it, but... And Steve, question. I, how many other guys are in the band besides you? It's uh, like four, sometimes five. Okay, so it's four or five plus you. Yeah. And are all four or five of the other members all not doing it, or is it a select few? No select few okay so then you have to rally with the guys that are doing it to say dude come on we want to do these songs and you guys don't have your shit together it's a lot easier you know to have three on two or four on two or four on three than it is to have one on four you know what i mean yeah it's yeah i mean that's a possibility um i'm gonna do what i can try to be my best me that i can going forward um this coming weekend we weren't supposed to be playing at all because um, it's Essence Fest, July Fourth weekend is Essence Fest here in New Orleans, which is a, a African American magazine, and they have a festival, and they have like rap bands and R and B bands and stuff. Mm. Not really our crowd with the kind of music we play. However, we still are playing Saturday night and Sunday night, so I'm not doing Friday and I'm not doing doubles this weekend. Just two night gigs because there is a swingers convention in town with twenty thousand people. Which is a whole different thing. So Saturdays and Sunday nights is when they'll be out on the prowl? Yes. There you go. 
There's a swingers convention. Um, they're always fun to watch. And you and I have talked about this before. It's like people are watching us, but we're watching you, you know, out there in the crowd, anybody that's whatever they're doing, dancing, singing, whatever. Well, we're watching you. Interesting things from the stage, Steve. You know. And yeah, and the, when the swingers come in, they are entertaining as hell. Um, cause, and you know it's them because they come in packs, so like seven people, nine people, whatever. <laughs> it's always an odd number. Um, and, they, you know, they switch dancing partners with each other. Sometimes they're getting down and making out and stuff and really fun to watch. So that's happening this weekend. And, of course, it is July 4th weekend, which is my birthday weekend. So yes. Happy birthday. I'm not going to try to stir the pot too much this weekend because uh, I do want to celebrate my birthday mm. playing. Uh, my birthday's on July 4th, which is next Tuesday, uh, but we'll be celebrating this weekend. So, Very cool, very cool. Um, so shots will abound, and songs will be learned, and all will be well. I, I hope so, because I, I will have, but I do have to have this conversation. Hey, why don't you, uh, Steve, I got a great idea. Why don't you say to them, guys, all I want for my birthday, I don't want cards from you guys, I don't want money, all I want is for you to learn these six songs for the next gig. Six? Ugh. Why? What are you trying to get him to learn? Like twenty? Two? Oh no, dude! Set the bar high. Here's a here's half a dozen songs, guys. Come on, this is easy. We'll get them down in no time. Abby, who's a singer with us sometimes, uh, she's a great girl. Swingers convention is always an entertaining time, especially when you're working on stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if Abby's working this weekend. She's probably working down uh, down the street. Um, but uh, uh, so, um, but another another aspect of this is one of the managers at our club told the band leader that we should be playing more newer songs, meaning, you know, nineties, current, whatever. Okay. Um, so that is part of this is learning the new songs. Like the band needs to step it up. If, if we're going to do that, if that's what, I and I, I'm not a big fan of managers telling the band what to do. Yeah, you take In the, fact, that as a hint though, like, you know, Here's a suggestion, guys. We really want you to do this. Otherwise, we're going to find another band that, that is. No, no, no. I don't think it's a, a, no? a an ultimatum or anything. No, not that. No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just don't it's, have the is down there. It seems like there's a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes activities. I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. When a man, like, manage, you're the manager of the bar, manage the bar. Don't worry about the band. I know what I'm doing. I, I know how to call songs. I don't need your help. I don't need you to tell me what songs to call. Stay out of it. That's that's my attitude about it. But It could just be the guy's been there for the past eight months or six months no, and heard the same no, songs, no? No. 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 no, no. no. It's just, it's just nope. them. I've had managers do that before, and it's just managers sticking their nose in a business that they don't belong. They don't know what they're... They, like, they think they know what they're talking about. Like, I think this crowd would like, you know, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Hey, thanks, man. What's your name? Ralph? Got it, Ralph. Listen, you worry about what you got to worry about, and I'll worry about the band. Right? Yeah, Take can't say place. that. Can't do that. No, no. of course not. That gets that around quickly. <laughs> talking to me? <laughs> you, out. Right. That'd be great, though. would love to see that yeah. happen. Uh, but we're... we're uh, we have some great singers that we use, Abby being one of them. She sings with us sometimes. Um, we got this girl, Caitlin, who is just phenomenal. And, and uh, you know, one of, the, one of the best singers I've worked with in, in all my time on Bourbon Street. Um, uh, Glenn says she's a black girl trapped in a white body. She's, she's, she's just, she's really good. Awesome. And she knows a shit ton of songs, so it's like I want to learn songs that she, this girl knows because mm. she can sing. Um, so we're we're lucky to have her. Uh, we got this girl from Australia who's young, uh, started with us a few weeks ago. Uh, just moved here uh, from South South Carolina, but she's only been in the states for about three years, and she's young. She's good. She's she's got some growing to do. Hey, now, does um, but, Caitlin play in other bands besides your guys' band? Yes, she does. Mm. So yeah, she she's a, a commodity on the street. Um, but this other girl from Australia is um, she's she's 
like I said, she's young. She's she's got a lot to learn, but she's working on her craft. She is doing it. Like she's communicating with me. What songs do you need me to learn? And then and then following up. All right, I went over this song, this song, this song, this song, and you can add it to my list. You know, she's doing the job. She's doing the work. So yeah, she's a, she's engaged. That's what I want to work with. You know, th- those are the people that I like working with who who actually give a shit. About not only about how they're presenting themselves, but how other people are going to to see them. Because I know if I go or or any musician comes into a, a band situation at a gig or whatever and says, "Hey, I just picked up this song and this song, and I love playing it, and it goes like this and whatever," I'm impressed. You know, that's that's a person I want to work with. Who who does that? You know, not only that, I, but as, as a fan, don't you want to go see a band that's like, you know at their peak like in that moment that's just not going through the motions you know that's that's the way i would view it like as a performer i will always want to bring my best you know i want people to be wowed every time i play yeah you know yeah and you know and i I, i'm saying this and like anybody that came to see me playing with this band uh at any time wouldn't know any of this They'll, watch, they'll see the band, they'll be like, the band sounds great, it's entertaining, they know what they're doing, and that's, you know, that's the perception that, that generally generally everybody would have. I'm in it, I'm doing this every day, six times a week now, so, you know, I'm going to d- dig into the... And Steve, it's always a dilemma stuff. of, you know, people coming up in the audience and saying, oh, band sounded great, like your best band I've ever heard, you know, like, band sounds phenomenal, dude, that was great, I can't believe you guys did that song, blah, blah, blah. Those are all genuine, really heartfelt things that they're saying, right? And they're to be much appreciated. But like you're saying, when you're in it, you think like they don't know half the mistakes that happen, right? Yeah, they don't even yeah, realize yeah. that we're probably, eight, you know, play that song 85% of how we normally would have played it, you know? Right. They didn't notice the bum notes that the guitar player hit. They didn't, you know. Correct. But you know what whatever. I mean? But they just, the whole experience and the energy and, you know, it's what struck them. So you could have a gig. You know, I played a gig, you know, last Wednesday at an outdoor car show. There was probably 300 people there, you know, all gathered around the van. High energy in a pavilion, tons of people singing along. It was great dancing. It was an awesome gig, like great summer concert series event gig. Band was was cranking, but there was mistakes, you know, that happened over the course of the night. But didn't matter, right? Played through them, kept going. Whatever you know got flubbed or whatever notes were missed, it wasn't even observed because people were so in the moment. You know, there was no right. train wrecks. You know, of course, but I'm saying minor things. You know, which usually is you know any gig. There's never really any problem where you have to stop a song or there's a train wreck disaster. You know, not at least in, in my you know recent memory of any bands I've played in in probably the past twenty years. Maybe when you're younger, someone gets lost or you're, you know they're in the chorus when the verse is supposed to be and they can't find their way back. Nothing like that, but you know what I'm saying? That we hold ourselves to a higher standard than the audience does. And what yeah, sounds great yeah. to them sounds good to us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, st- I still am getting that, you know, pretty much get it every day. Somebody's saying, wow, you guys are one of the best bands I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, really? And I just think to myself, really? Yeah, what but, the hell's wrong with yeah, you? You have to take that with some merit to say, like, wow, he's the 15th person that's told me that today. So, you know, the band is very good and they do like the band. However, like you said, you can always be better. You can't rest on your laurels. Like no. you and I can't say, hey, we've been playing for over 50 years. I don't need to practice anymore. I'll just show up at the gig when I feel like it and I'll be late if I want. And I'll just, you know, I'll go through the motions and I'll get paid. Right. You know, that doesn't happen. It's not like that. You know, it's 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 a constant right. evolution of right. always wanting to be better and always striving to be your best every time, right. every gig. I got to address Linda's comment here. She said she's a bassist, bad booker, advertiser, website, and Facebook page for a three-piece. She just quit. She was never appreciated. Now she's going to be a sub. She said, I think this will be fun. Uh, uh, We are all equals. Um, Good luck, Linda. Uh, I I think being a sub as a bass player is great. Uh, I think you go where you're I love being – I love subbing as a bass player. It's fun for me. It's always an adventure. I love doing t- tunes on stage that I've never played before, too. Um, so if I go into a sub situation and somebody uh, suggests a song and I don't know it but I'm familiar with it, I'll ask, you know, what key, what are, what are the significant chord changes that I need to know, and I'll play it. You know, I'll, I'll always do it. So, 
it's a being a sub is a great learning experience and it's great for working on your craft with us so no doubt good for you uh mike said i'm gonna go practice so we inspired mike at least. <laughs> right mike good man to, to work on his craft yeah uh but yeah like i said yeah it's most people won't notice and i'm, I'm nitpicking maybe a little bit too much because it's my job and i'm in this and i really want to excel um i want to excel i want yeah, to i don't want to just learn new songs steve is something that should be expected not like a struggle to get to you know what i mean i mean like we're constantly with you know not for any other reason just to, to have a larger vocabulary you know I mean, we have enough songs yeah. where we can play, you know, back-to-back -back gigs and not play the same songs and rotate the sets and make it so it's like, you know, not like Metallica does, but enough to where it's always varied. You know what I mean? And if we know we're playing a place again in like four weeks from now, we'll play a completely different set and not do any of the same songs that we did just to, just to mix it up, you know? Yeah. So we're always learning new songs just to have variety. So that's the other thing. It's like you got to be motivated to want to do it and – you know, it's a different situation, too, when you pick more difficult songs, right? That might take longer to actually work out and figure out and get down, you know? It's one thing yeah. to learn American Girl. It's another thing to learn, you know, Long Time by Boston with foreplay intro. Right. right? Yeah. I, and I think it all starts with this, and I think you'll agree with this. I think it all starts with just being grateful for what you do have. Be grateful for the fact that you can play music with other people and get paid for it especially here in New Orleans on Bourbon Street, one of the most famous streets in the world. And uh, there's probably thousands and thousands of musicians who would kill to have this job. Um, so uh, start there with that, that gratitude of knowing that, that that's a thing that you have. And then realize, you know, in order to keep that up, you need to, to work. You need to do some work. Not even a ton of work. Not a lot. Not hard. Listen to music. That's not hard work, is it? People listen to music for fun. It's, it's not hard work if your perspective is one that's, like you said, one of knowledge and enthusiasm to do it. You know, if it's, if it's a job and it's a chore and it's a burden, you've got to change your outlook on it. Otherwise, you're never going to be motivated. Never. Uh, and uh, so Brad said, learn two to three songs within their genre each week, which is, is a great thing to do. Uh, you know, that's something you, you, Tony, are a big fan of, of just having a routine of, of, of excellence in improving whatever it is you want to improve in your life. So only well, we said it a million times, Steve, time goes by, right? It's already <laughs> 4th of July weekend, right? So, you know, this weekend, half the year is gone already. If you, yeah. if, if you had stuck to your New Year's resolution and done whatever it was that you wanted to do, whether it be exercise, whether it be practicing, by now, you would be seeing some some measurable results, right? No doubt. Six months, if you stayed committed to it, you, it is now a habit that is ingrained and it is part of your lifestyle. So yes. the time is going to go by. So if you want to get something accomplished, the hardest part is the discipline, right? you got to discipline yourself to be able to want to do it. And in the beginning, when you're starting something new like that, it's not going to be easy because you're not going to see results right away and you're really going to have to tough through it, you know? But when you stick yeah. with it over time – then you see the results, and then you see the cumulative results, and then before you know it, a year has gone by. Before you realize it, five years has gone by, and wow, look how much better I am now than I was five years ago, as opposed to the guy who says, wow, you sound exactly the same as you did five years ago. Because yeah. you haven't done anything, and you still have the same licks and the same fills and the same solos, and there's nothing new and nothing creative about what you're doing. Right. You don't want to be that guy. And if you are that guy or that gal, you want to, you know, have a conversation with yourself and say, do I want to, you know, is now the time for me to really make the change? Is now the time for me to really change my whole life by doing something that I've never done before? Right. And realize that you're affecting other people and care about that. And that helps work on your craft. Um, CoverBandCentral.com is the hub for everything. Go there, sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free. Uh, next week we'll be off. It's my birthday, July 4th. Yes. Uh, but if you want to send a little birthday gift, you can do it through uh, like paypal.me slash CoverBandCentral, which go. is our, our tip app. Or you could send stars for this broadcast on the Facebook Very patriotic, page. Steve. Fourth of July stars. Hundreds of stars yeah. should be coming. That's right. Right. Good point. Um 
contact Steve at CarventCentral.com. You can reach me and uh, you can reach Tony that way too. And uh, again, our YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe. The link is in the description. Check out our previous podcasts. The link is uh, the audio podcast. The, the link is in the description for that. Um, hopefully back next time with, with better news about what's going on. Always better news, Steve. It's, it can yeah. always be better. Um, don't blow off your fingers with fireworks, and we'll see you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.